in Matthew 2. So if you want to look that up on your phone, your Bible, whatever, we'll be in Matthew 2. And before we do, I'm going to ask you to stand up one more time as we've got to pray together this morning, the prayer of 2019. So stand up, stand up, stand up, get that blood flowing just a little bit more today. We're going to move really quickly, okay? Because I know you still got turkey in your belly and you're just ready to go take a nap. So we're just going to, we're going to get through this, all right? So we're going to pray the prayer of 2019 together. Just repeat after me and let's prepare our hearts to receive all that God has for us. Awesome God, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear. Give us a heart to receive all of the good things that you have already prepared for us. Amen. You can have a seat. Yes, we're in Matthew 2 today. And if I was to title today's sermon, it would be this, inexpensive and invaluable. So if you're taking notes, if you're saved and you're holy and you're taking notes, that's the title. Inexpensive and invaluable. Real quickly, got some questions for you, though. So we finished. About 90% of our Christmas shopping. Praise you, Jesus. Like, it's done. It's over. We did it in an hour and a half. It was amazing. Okay? Um, but I asked some questions like, who has started their Christmas shopping? Oh, good, good, good. Um, who would say, I have 50% finished of my Christmas shopping? Okay? Who would say, I'm about 95% finished, kind of like where I'm at, no? Who say I'm 100% finished with my Christmas shopping? Okay, good. Who hasn't even thought about it yet? Raise your hand, good stuff. Okay, that's all right too. That's all right too. But I, I, the thing that I run into every year with a few people in my life is this, is I have a few people in my life that are impossible to buy for. Like it don't matter. Like in my house, we don't do like majorly extravagant things. Like it's like thoughtful type things, like, um, and it, sometimes it's not even new stuff. Like that's like I, I, my, my grandpa. When I buy my grandpa stuff, like it is never new. It's like I'm gonna go find something from a garage sale that is so unique that he doesn't have, right? Because that is to the point. Like I don't know what to buy this man because he's kind of got everything. He's kind of got two of everything and a third one in back just for spare. You know, and, and there's those people in our lives that are absolutely impossible to buy for. Anybody have anybody, anybody in their life like that? You don't know what to buy? Nobody. A few, okay. Like, you don't know what to get them. Like, either they already have everything they want or need, or throughout the year, if they want or need something, they just go get it. Right? So, I am not a major gift person. I like to give gifts, but I don't like to get gifts. Um... One time, Jesse bought me a juicer because I wanted a juicer. I don't know why I wanted a juicer. I guess I was feeling organic that day. I don't know. But I wanted a juicer, but I wasn't going to buy a juicer. And Jesse went and got me a juicer, and she was so proud of this juicer. And she'll, she will tell you this story. It made her cry. I made her take it back because I didn't want it as a gift. I want to go buy the juicer myself. And, and I made, it made her cry, and I didn't even know why it made her cry. Because all I did was say, thank you, but I really don't want this right. I don't I don't. It was a want. It wasn't really a need. So you could take it back. It like broke her heart. It hurt her feelings. And, and I felt like the worst human in the world over a juicer. And I, that's before I realized some things. Okay, first, my wife and my girls are gift people. Um, they like to give gifts. They like to get gifts. Getting gifts is their love language. When you give them something, it speaks I love you to them. It doesn't matter if it cost a million dollars or if it was a happy hour sonic drink. It speaks love to them, okay? Um, so because that is their love language and how they love is communicated to them, they're fluent in gift giving. 
They like to give gifts and they're good at giving gifts, okay? I am not that person. Um, I, like I said, I'm not anti-gift. I'm semi-grateful when I get one. And, but I just don't understand it. It doesn't speak love to me. It's just like, oh, thank you for this thing that you got me. And you're probably thinking like, man, Curtis is heartless. But it just, it, it doesn't speak love to me the way that it speaks love to like other people. So part of Christmas is that my family, uh, like there's a rule that they have to be allowed to buy me something. Um, and so that's like my gift to them is that they get to give me a gift, right? No, um, but that is, that's a rule. Like they have to be allowed. Jesse told me, you have to allow us to get you a gift. So, so that's just kind of where we're at in my house, okay? But in talking about those people who are hard to buy for, I, I was just thinking about this. If Christmas is really about, you're going to have to help me fill in the blank here. If Christmas is really about Jesus, thank you. Okay, there we go. It's really about Jesus. I should have maybe prefaced that a little better. My bad. And we are celebrating Jesus's birth. Good, good, good. Isn't it weird? I always thought this was weird. That on Jesus's birthday, everybody gets gifts. But Jesus. It's like showing up to a birthday party and you don't get no gifts, but everybody else is giving gifts to each other, right? So it just led me on this rabbit hole thought, and, and you're going to go with me today, that everyone gets gifts on Jesus' birthday. So if I were to give Jesus something on his birthday, what would it be? And because I like to give a thoughtful gift, I don't, I don't just like to pull up my finger hut catalog and be like, okay, C3 in, in order of that. I want to give something thoughtful. What would it be? I don't know what finger hut is. Nobody smiled even at that. That's cool. I used to love that book when it came in the mail. I would go through circle everything as a child. It was so fun. I never got any of it, but that's cool. Probably because it's got like 29.99% interest, right? But anyways, moving on. So what would I give Jesus? If I could give Jesus something, what could I give Jesus that would honor him on his birth? What, what could I give to him that would be meaningful? What, what's a gift that I can give Jesus that only I can give Jesus? And it's not as hard a question as, I, as, I, as I'm making it. But like my title says, it's, it's inexpensive but invaluable. So if the question is, what is the one gift that you can give Jesus that only you can give Jesus? The answer is this, your worship. And I've talked about this before, that, that we, we, we have to define, in, in church we say praise and worship a lot, but we have to kind of define what worship is because praise there's a lot of things worthy of praise when you say happy birthday to my girls and we, we clap for them and that's praise when you tell your kid man you did such a great job today or you tell your your friend oh i love what you did with the house that's praise right but worship is reserved for god there, there is nothing else like i can't think of anything like oh i worship that person no that sounds weird right if someone came and says, oh, I worship them, you would probably think that's odd. But we worship God because he's the only person worthy of our worship. And that's the only gift that we can give him that only we can give him. Let's look at Matthew 2, 1 through 2 real quick. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one? who has been born king of the Jews. He's, we saw his star 
in the east and have come to worship him. I'm going to read it one more time. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. I think most of us are probably, maybe not all, but a lot of us are probably familiar with maybe this, this scene. And I think we call it like the nativity scene. You know, where you got your little baby Jesus, you got your, your three little kings and your little ceramic Mary and Joseph, maybe a camel over here, stuff like that. Anybody got anything like that in their house? Right? Like a few of us don't need to get saved and get one of those in your house. Okay. I don't have one in my house either. I'm sorry, I don't. It's it's bad. But anyways. Um, I was looking at this, and I was looking at church traditions on it, and, and really, we, we, we don't know how many magi there were. We're not even 100% sure what the magi were, but tradition says that there was three, and there's songs written about, we three kings of Orient are, and every time you see one of those little setups, it's always three kings, but we don't really know. Sometimes when the story is told, they're referred to as wise men, but we don't really know. Um, tradition says, like I said, that they, that, they, that they were kings, and that's kind of cool to think of in and of itself, that, that kings would come to worship the king. Another tradition says that they, that they were magicians or, or sorcerers or, or astronomers who had just been watching the stars for a very long time, waiting for a star to appear. Either way, we can say that when we read this story, and if we push tradition and what we think we know out of the way, we could we could think about it this way: that there is an unknown number of distinguished people who traveled a distance to worship a baby. Which is a which is a bizarre and an odd statement, but sometimes I like to say it this way: we don't know everything, but we don't have to know everything. If we can just get down to some, some, some basic facts, and those basic facts are this, that again, there was an unknown number of distinguished people who traveled a distance to worship Jesus at his birth. What we know is that these important people came, and they came a long way, and they came for one thing, to worship him. And typically, let's talk about worship for a minute, because that's what we're gonna be talking about this week and next week, is worship. But when, when, we, when we talk about worship in church, we think about what we just did corporately together. We sang together. The band led us. Maybe we had hymnals out and we read, if you don't know what a hymnal is, it was a little red book. Sometimes it was red, had a cross on the front. You sang the first, second, and fourth verse, never the third verse. And, th and that's what you did, okay? That's what we think about. I don't know why we never sang the third verse, but we never did. But when you look at the Bible and the biblical form of worship, it's so much more than just singing. In fact, singing is not even, not even in the definition. If you look at the root word and you break it down, singing has nothing to do with it at all. Um, the Bible actually defines it this way, to bow down or kneel, to fall flat, to do in reverence, or to adore. I'm not saying that you can't sing, I'm just saying that we have to define worship in the context of what these kings were, what these magi were doing. They came to bow down or kneel, to fall flat, to do something in reverence and to adore. 
So they traveled a long way to worship. A long way to worship. Chances are that if you're like me, um, the last week has been very, very, very busy. Well, maybe the last few days have been pretty busy. And you're looking into December now and you're saying, my December looks very busy. There is more things to do than hours in a day. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And chances are that if you're in that spot today or you've been in that spot this week, then you haven't actually taken the time every day to give him worship. And that's the challenge. You cannot just worship him on Sunday. Worship has to be something that you do every single day. And I'm not talking about singing. Remember, worship is defined this way. To bow down or kneel. And I'm not saying you got to bow down or kneel. To fall flat. And I'm not saying you got to fall flat. But you can live your every day in reverence and adoration to him. Specifically and purposefully for him. So as we're going to fo focus on worship over this week and, and next week and, and leading into and through December, we're going to talk about three reasons why we worship. I want to break this down so that mainly so that you can take this with you and you can use this every day. Most importantly, right now, as I'm looking at it throughout December. OK, so over the next two weeks, we're going to go over just three simple reasons to worship Jesus. We're going to dive into this one right now. One is we are going to worship Jesus for who he is. Matthew 1, 21 through 23 says this. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So 700 years prior to Jesus' birth, there was a man, and his name was Isaiah, and he was a prophet of God, and he spoke those words. Words. He said, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Which, if you think back to the Magi, it kind of makes sense why they had been watching, possibly, possibly watching the stars. They were waiting for a sign or a symbol of this birth. Now, that statement, God with us, is, a, is an interesting thing to look at. So Matthew wrote this, but in any first, if you were to say those words to any first century person and you said God with us or you said the words Emmanuel, they would have absolutely freaked out for, for several reasons. One, that statement is heresy. God is not with us. God is beyond us. God is above us. God is far from us. Okay. They, it, was, it was a scandalous statement to say that God was with us because our dirty couldn't be in the presence of his perfection. Our, our worldliness couldn't be in the presence of his holiness. Actually, in the Old Testament, whenever the high priest would go into, um, into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, they, there, there's, there's instructions in the Bible that they would, they would tie a rope around his foot so that whenever he entered into the Holy of Holies, if he, if he looked upon the presence of God and he died, they would be able to get them out. And they would drag them out by a rope. That's crazy. 
So think about that that's the culture that this, that this statement was made in, that God is with us. God is with us. And I have the worship team make their way back up. It's a revolutionary statement. It was a revolutionary statement then, and it's a revolutionary statement today. God with us. It means that we aren't without God. It, it means it changes things entirely and it alters everything. It, it breaks every barrier and it takes every territory that we might think that we have. And it's an introductory statement about Jesus' kingdom on this earth. God with us. Just keep thinking on that. God with us. What does that mean to me today? And what does that mean to me when I'm facing something? God with us. I feel like I'm always giving you how Curtis was a bad example this week. Examples. Um, and I'm going to give you one more. Because I am a very slow learner. Um, hey, we get our car back on Monday. Praise you, Jesus. Right. Yeah, good stuff. Um... I got the call, and they told me, hey, your, your engine replacement, total engine replacement, awesome, under warranty, great, but your starter's out, so that's going to be $660.43, yet I was like, that's great in December, and immediately I'm going, but, but I'm getting better, and here's how I know I'm getting better, is because immediately I start thinking, how are we going to do this, and then I remember, oh, God's with us, we got this, I'm not worried about it. I don't even have to stress about it, right? But my first thought was not that calm. My first thought was absolute panic because we had just finished our Christmas shop and they were already wrapped under the tree and I'm thinking, we gotta unwrap those suckers. We're gonna take some stuff back to Wallet World, okay? But then I remember God is with us. Our hot water heater went out a few weeks ago and it took about two weeks to get the one that I needed in. Got it installed, I was so excited because when was the last time you took an ice cold shower? It's a blast, all right? Nothing will wake you up better than that. Forget coffee, guys, cold showers. Get you, get it, get you going real quick. And I was so excited, I got it installed. The little dial came on, little digital readout because it's all high tech and cool and I started turning up the temperature and then the screen went black. It is Friday, and so I was like, I'm not gonna worry about this because God with us. And I call the number on the side, and it says, thank you for calling Jacket Industries. Our normal business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. We are currently closed for the holidays. We'll be back on Monday. And I'm like, this means that I won't have to wait till Monday to be able to talk to somebody about if this thing is broken or not, then I have to wait for a warranty replacement, blah, blah, blah. And I start forgetting God with us. Those are small things. I start talking to some friends about some things that they're having. And, and you know what? I think our Christmas list changed from, from, from being a kid to an adult. And, and I'm talking to some friends and, 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 and they're struggling through some things and, and, and some hopes and some dreams for their life that are not coming as easily for them as they as they had hoped it was going to happen. And I was sitting there listening to them, and I was putting it just into perspective the little things in my life versus what they're going through. And the only thing that could come to mind was God with us. So if God is with me, and he can absolutely do anything, then what am I really 
you worried about? What, what, what anxiety ought I have? What, what fear should I have if God is with us? See, when, when, when Matthew makes this declaration, when he puts this in writing, and he says that God is going to be with us, he's making not just a past declaration, but a current declaration. Something that I can remember every single day. Whenever I say God with us, it's a right now proclamation. It's not like hundreds of years ago that God was with us and he's not there anymore. He's with us today. And when I say God with us, it's a gospel revelation. It's the truth. And it's his good news. And I think this, that, that what we miss in our worship in our everyday and in our corporate worship is this, that we often worship him as if he's not in the room when he's right there because God with us. And what I love is that when Jesus came, he didn't come to establish a religion where he is far off. The first, his name means he's with us. He came to establish a kingdom for a God who's with us. And it's no wonder that he prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when I think about that, I have to know this, that the gospel isn't so much about how I get from heaven to earth, but how I get heaven to earth. Not how I get from earth to heaven. I don't know what I said there. Earth to heaven. But how I get heaven to earth. How do I get the things of heaven to this place? And live in his kingdom. And we as a church, the body says that we are, the, the Bible says that we are the body of Christ. That we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we are his local address. If he's here, and he is Emmanuel, and he is God with us, he is here. And I'm his local address. Where does God live? Curtis River, that's where he lives. So anything that I face is, a, is infinitely easier because he's with me. So in me, he lives. In you, he lives. In me, he moves. In you, he moves. In me, he reveals. And in you, he reveals. Stand with me real quick. We're going to close at a time of worship together today. But why are we worshiping? What's the first reason? We are worshiping him for who he is. So there are over 50 names of Jesus. I think over 50, at least 50 in the Bible. I came down and, and, and just kind of made a list. And I want us to close our eyes. And I think we are going to find who he is and who we need him to be in this moment in one of these names. Jesus is all-encompassing, but I think for our brains, for our minds, we need to be able to focus on one thing. Maybe today you need a deliverer. Jesus is that deliverer. Maybe today you need an advocate. That's who Jesus Maybe today you need a redeemer. We're worshiping him for who he is. Close your eyes with me. He is the almighty one. He is the alpha and omega, our advocate. The author and perfecter of our faith. Oh, I'll, I'm going to keep your eyes closed, but I love that. That means that he starts my faith and that he finishes it. He is all authority. 
He is the bread of life, the beloved son of God, the bridegroom and the chief cornerstone, the deliverer. He is faithful and true. He is the good shepherd. He is the great high priest and he is the head of the church. He is the holy servant. He is I am. He is Emmanuel, the indescribable gift, king of kings, lamb of God and light of the world, lion of the tribe of Judah and Lord of all, the mediator, the Messiah, the mighty one, the one who sets free our hope, our peace, prophet, redeemer, risen Lord, the rock, sacrifice for our sins, savior, son of man, son of the most high and supreme creator over all, the resurrection and the life, the door, the way, the word, the true vine, the truth, the victorious one, and the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, he is Jesus. And he is Emmanuel, and he is God with us. So when you worship him, that's who you're worshiping. All encompassing. Everything you'll ever need, everything you'll ever want, and right right there with you. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship together. Father, I thank you for who you are. Jesus, I thank you that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us, and that we have the opportunity to be in your presence. God, as we worship you today, I ask that you would speak new, awesome, mighty, and powerful things into every single individual here so that they walk out empowered and ready to worship you in the grocery store and in the car, to worship you at work, to worship you at home, that they would walk in worship. God, we thank you today. We praise you today. Move mightily in this time. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lead us to you.
God, I ask that you would move and move and move again. God, we praise you. We love you. Amen. Hey, have a seat with me real quick. God with us. Say God. God. Oh, let's wake up. Say God. God. With, with us. us. Don't forget that. This week. God with us. It don't, you, no matter what you face, no matter what's ahead of you, God with us. No matter what, what issue, what mess, what finances aren't there, just God with us. No matter what illness comes, God with us. Okay? No matter what breaks, God with us. No matter what stress, what works waiting on you, Monday through Friday, God with us. Okay? God with us. If I could go ahead and have my ushers make their way up, please. Hey, we do believe in prayer. And what I want to do something in the month of December a little bit different. You know, I've had my, my girls have been making Christmas lists since, I don't know, last February. Um, and I said that our adult Christmas lists are a little bit different. And I, what I want you to do is I want you to think right now. What is something between now and December, between now and Christmas, that you need God to do? I, I mean, what is it? What is it? If you were to put, like, what is your Christmas list? What, what is that thing? I want you to take that prayer card in front of you or in the chair behind you. And I want you to put that down because I want to pray with you throughout the month of December about that thing. I, mean, I would encourage you, don't be, don't be shy. Don't be, I don't post this stuff on Facebook. It's just for me. So if you have a prayer request or you have something that you are just, you need to happen or you want to happen, Write that down. I want to partner with you throughout the month of December, and we're going we're gonna to see that thing through. Also, if you're a first or second time guest with us, I want to connect with you throughout this week, so please fill out that connect card. And then there are three ways to give to Venture. You can give online. You can give on campus. You can give through the app, and all the instructions are right there. But I want to pray real quick, and if you're not quite ready with any of that yet, that's fine. Uh, the guys are going to go through and receive in a minute, but we've got this basket up here that you can just drop things in at the end of service, and it'll get picked up. Seriously, though, fill out that prayer card. I want to partner with you. I want to believe with you for that thing, okay? Let's pray. Father, again, we come before you. God, we speak your name in advance to every situation and circumstance. But for every prayer card that's going to be filled out throughout this month, we know that you are God with us and that you're going to be there. God, I ask that you would move mightily in that situation. God, for any first or second time guest or or or. Uh, or, or anyone really who's here, God, I pray that this next, this upcoming week would be their best week ever. Father, we thank you that they chose to get up and come to church today and hear from you and worship you. God, for everyone who is partnering financially with Venture Community Church here um, and in other places, Father, I ask that you would bless them substantially as they are supporting your work, your kingdom work here in Graham in the state of Texas and around the world. God, we thank you that we do have the opportunity again just to worship in your house. And God, I ask that you would give us wisdom as we grow and advance this thing, as we work to build your kingdom in this community. God, I thank you. I praise you. You are mighty and matchless. Amen. Go ahead, guys. You can receive. Thank you so much. He is God with us. So it doesn't matter what you're fighting against, what you got coming up. He is God with us. Hey, guys, smile real quick. You're awake. You're alive. Good. Don't forget to grab your sticker on the way out.
If you haven't grabbed a yard sign, go ahead and grab one of those too. Next week is going to be fantastic, fabulous, amazing. It's going to be Family Sunday. We've got s'mores after church. It's going to be an absolute blast. Hey, I love you guys. Don't forget, he is Emmanuel. He is with you. Go out and rock this week. Love you. Adios. Have a great week. Bye.